0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel, according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus took Peter, John and James, and went up the mountain to pray. While he was praying, his face changed in appearance, and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were conversing with him: Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his exodus that he was going to accomplish in Jerusalem. Peter and his companions had been overcome by sleep, but becoming fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As they were about to part from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But he did not know what he was saying. While he was still speaking, a cloud came and cast a shadow over them, and they became frightened when they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my chosen son. Listen to him. After the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. They fell silent and did not, at that time, tell anyone what they had seen. The Gospel of the Lord. To you, Lord Jesus Christ Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Morning, my sleep-deprived brothers and sisters. Oh, you should have seen Portola. It's poor people, they're like zombies walking around. I remember, I was at 830, I had to kick one guy out. He walked in with a pillow and a blanket. So he said, get out of here. Just, I know my homies are long, but it's, it's offensive. But uh, we're all tired. But praise the Lord. Hopefully you're awake, because these readings are utterly amazing. I mean it. I, I do. I mean it this time. It's beautiful. Readings. Well, every day. Every Sunday. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Something amazing happened last Tuesday. Something spectacular. The largest Bible study in Plumas and Sierra County unfolded and embarked. It's the largest Bible study. I mean, people from Gray Eagle, Loyalton, of course, Portola, people in South Reno. It is the largest Bible. And I check, I check. It is the largest Bible study undergoing right now over 60 of our brothers and sisters packed our hall right over here and it was beautiful to see all of us gathered there and in fact when all of us gathered here I see many of you who were there I asked everybody straight up what are you doing here what are you doing here You could be at home on a Tuesday evening, tired after work. You could be lounging around in your pajamas watching television. You could be relaxing and doing absolutely nothing because we all got plenty of time constraints on our day. And I said, "What, what are you doing here? And many people spoke up about the reasons why they've started this Bible study. It's not an easy thing. It's a commitment. The reason why we're there it's because we are learning about who we are. Our identity. Who am I? You know, oftentimes I've quoted in the past of all these studies, because again, remember, I'm a nerd and I love reading studies and research and they, and they always poll Americans. And, and Again, to be the, a broken record, we're at our most miserable we've ever been right now. Everybody's stressed out of their minds, everybody's sad and depressed, anxious, divided, you name it, go down the list. Why? And I think part of the reason why we're so miserable as a, as a civilization, again, it, it it's cuts abroad, uh, a broad swath. And I dare say the reason why we're so miserable is because we have lost sight of who God is. And therefore, because we don't know who God is, I have no idea who I am. And if I have no idea who I am I will then listen to the loudest voice out there Do you see the connection there If I do not receive my identity from above then I'm going to look for who who am I And then whatever alluring voice out there which is the most brilliant or the most fancy the most heaviest I'm going to I'm going to Latch myself onto that, and what is the number one temptation to, to root our identity in? Go to First Timothy. Saint Paul beautifully says that the root of all evil is what? Not money. Don't get me wrong. I always rail on material possessions. I don't, by the way. Don't, mis, don't misconstrue me. I I love things. It's important to have good things. It's nice to have amazing things, especially when you're blessed by it. The root of all evil is the love of money. The love of it. Why? And then harking back again, the second reading today, Paul even more emphatically is building off that idea. He says, "Be imitators to me, my brothers and sisters." And conduct yourselves according to the model you have in us. And he says, I'm telling you even in tears. Oh, this is so moving right here. Paul is begging them. Moving, he's moving in tears. Live like a Christian, he says. Because look at everybody else. The enemies of Christ, they conduct themselves with their God as their stomach. And their minds are occupied with earthly things. What is that? Because notice this again, he's harkening back. If I do not accept my identity from above, what then fills that vacuum is money, power, honor, pleasure. Do you see why? Because that is the loudest voice in our culture. Now, now let's, let's keep getting deeper. Keep getting deeper. What is it about money and possessions that we love so much about it. It gives us safety. And that's a good thing. We will all go home to a warm house after mass. We'll all have a full dinner after mass. We'll stuff our faces. We'll be with our family and our friends. And none of us will fear where our next meal is coming from. Safety. But also notice this next. Have you ever bought a car? You remember about a card, do you remember that feeling that we get when we look at it? What is that feeling? There's a sense of pride there, rightly so. It feels good when we have nice things. What does the nice things do? It says that I'm important, that I'm somebody. And guess what also power does when, when when we focus on that? Notice this next. Imagine, if, if Elon Musk walked through that door, or Jeff Bezos, You named the top richest people, do you think we'll treat them differently than if Mark walked in here? You know Mark, he's our, he's our neighborhood friend. You better believe it. We're going to be like, Mark, get out of the way, Elon's here. Why is that? Because from the very beginning, we always treat people who have power and prestige differently. And that makes us feel important. Our identity is always tempted to put it in those earthly things Paul talks about. But notice what happens next in the gospel today. And it's directly related to last Sunday's gospel. Remember this now. Here is Jesus. He's on on a high mountain with Peter, John, and James. And then it says that that a cloud came down and a voice resounded. Said, this is my chosen son. Listen to him. Notice that statement there. It's a statement of what? Identity. Identity. God reveals who Jesus is. He's the son of God, the second person of the most holy trinity. God incarnate. It's an echo of what happened in the Jordan River. Remember when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River and said same thing, something similar happened. Heavens opened up. The spirit descended upon Jesus in the form of a dove and then that resounding voice again. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Identity. What happened last Sunday? Jesus is in the desert. That's why Lent is 40 days. We we enter into the Lenten desert with our Lord. Do you remember how the devil attacks him? The three full temptations of our Lord in the desert. Notice the strategy of the evil one. If you are the son of God, you will transform these stones into bread. Second temptation. If you are the son of God, you will put yourself on the highest peak of the temple and throw yourself down. Third temptation, if you are the son of God, you will bow down and worship me and I will give you all of the kingdoms of the world. Do you see the strategy? It's always an attack on who you are. Because once I attack your identity, we are utterly lost. And then I will clamor for whatever voice tells me who I am. And that voice will always be, as Paul says, my stomach earthly things my house my car my bank account and my external beauty those will become my identity and how long do those things last you know I mentioned how three of our brothers last Sunday they came to our our Eucharistic adoration that we do here and how one of our brothers had a profound encounter as he was kneeling there because many of you know this you see this every every first saturday first sunday we kneel down there's a kneeler there our lord is present in the monstrance and our brother went there and, and he says that he began to tremble in fear because he felt the overwhelming majesty and power of god descend upon him in this church he says he was he, he was literally trembling and he could not even look up at Jesus in the mantras. He wanted to look down. He says, Lord, do not look at me. You're too, you're, too, you're too much. I hear, I hear the echo of Moses. <laughs> and then he says that as he was there, it was this time had faded away. He was outside of space and time. And I talked to him after Mass today because it goes to Mass in Portola. He says, Father, it was like I was abducted by aliens. And they took me to outer space and they did they, they, they whatever dimension they were from. It was, I, was, I was outside of space and time. Everything, everything was different. And that hour went by as if it was one minute. And then, remember what they did. So it was our, it was our, we have a little men's group. And so they did something very Catholic. You remember that? After Mass, it was 9 o'clock at night. They did something very Catholic, and they went to a bar. <laughs> it was the only place that was open. Not much going on here in our little town. And then they met... Many of you know her now. I got her name. Her nickname was Nellie, but her name was her name is Janelle, the waitress there. And Janelle asked them, because they, they, they weren't local. I said, where are you guys from? What are you doing here? You guys look strange. We just came from an hour of prayer in the Catholic church. Look at those weirdos. Who says that at a bar on a Saturday night? Nobody, but our brothers do. And she said, oh, I'm Catholic too. And then remember the rationale why she says, the reason why Janelle doesn't go to church anymore. She says, oh, I don't need to go. And she gave all of the plethora of rationales why, why many people give for not coming to Mass on Sundays. I don't need to go because I don't need a church to say that I have to be good. I don't need to go to church because, oh, you know, all the reasons. But all of the reasons was founded upon one principle. She doesn't know she's a daughter of God. Do you see that? She doesn't know her identity. She had reduced Christianity to a bunch of rules and regulations. Why? Because it's not about a relationship. She had reduced the Holy Mass to this gathering together as a community to to, to feel good about one another. No, that's not what the Mass is. The Mass is where we gather as brothers and sisters, united with our Heavenly Father. I don't need to go to church because I have other things to do on a Sunday. You are a daughter of God. Do you see, once we realize who we are from our identity, notice my logic here, and I argue this. Once we, I know who I am, from my identity now flows my desires. If I know that I am a son of God, I want to do everything to get to Mass. Why? Because at the Holy Mass is where I receive Jesus Christ, the Holy Eucharist. If my identity flows from my identity as as a Christian, as a son of God, I will study and delve deeper in the Bible. Why? Because the Bible is my story. If I know I'm a son of God and I'm meant to be eternity with him, I don't want to sin anymore. Why don't I want to get drunk every Saturday night? Why don't I want to do any other sin that that I'm always tempted to do? I don't want to do that because I'm a son of God. Do you see now what flows? If I know who I am as a son of God, my life will have a, a profound and new direction. So let me ask you, who are you? I know all of you are squirming. A- like, what does that mean? Because it's a question that we don't ask as a culture. But in a Catholic civilization, we have always sought after these questions. Catholicism, why I love our Catholic faith. By the way, our Catholic faith is a thinking religion. All right, fun fact time. The oldest university in the world. Do you know what that is? The oldest university. It's still running, by the way. University of Bologna in northern Italy started in the year 1088. The second oldest university is Oxford University started in 11 no 1096. The third oldest university, University of Salamanca in Spain started in 1136. Ask yourself, why why are the oldest universities Catholic? Oxford used to be Catholic before the Reformation, so I still claim it as our own. Fourth oldest University, University of Paris, 1214. Do you you see why why in a Western civilization the university system was born out of the heart of of a Catholic civilization? It is because it was an attempt. Study who God is. And once we study the Creator, I will know who I am. And from my identity now becomes a transformative new life. And I'll end here on this beautiful reminder. Look what Paul says in the second reading as it continues. My brothers and sisters, our citizenship is in heaven. And He will change our lowly bodies to conform with His glorified body. By the power that enables Him also to bring all things to Himself. You are a son and daughter of God. Mia, don't forget that. Jessica, don't forget that. Joe, don't forget that. Evelyn. Forget that. No matter what happened.